Hello, in this week's UN Catch Up, we're getting in touch with the natural world, a photo contest showing what animals made of COVID lockdowns. Plus, the week's top news stories from UN News, including likely famine in Ethiopia's Tigray and alarming coronavirus vaccine shortfalls in nearly all African nations. This is Daniel Johnson, and I'm recording this at 17:30 hours Central European time on Thursday, the 10th of June. Regular guest Solange Behatege Cortes will be with us too for closing comments. First, the news. Alarming aid assessments from Ethiopia's Tigray region have confirmed a massive hunger crisis. The UN World Food Programme, WFP, said on Thursday. In a joint alert with the Food and Agriculture Organization and the UN Children's Fund, WFP said that at least 4 million people face severe hunger and 350,000 are facing famine in the region after months of fighting between central government forces and those loyal to the Tigray People's Liberation Front. WFP has deployed more than 180 staff and increased food distributions to reach 1.4 million people, but this is far from sufficient, it said. The UN agency explained that for every family it reached with life-saving food, there were countless more that it could not reach, especially in rural areas. Humanitarian access must be extended well beyond major cities to reach people in desperate need without delay, it insisted. Here's WFP spokesperson in Geneva, Thompson Ferry. The brutal reality for our staff in Tigray is that for every family we reach with life-saving food, there are countless more, especially in rural areas, whom we cannot reach. We have appealed for humanitarian access, but we are still being blocked by armed groups. The ability of people in Tigray to access vital services and for the World Food Programme to reach them with food assistance is essential now to avoid a complete catastrophe. Nine in ten African nations look set to miss the September target of vaccinating 10% of their people against COVID-19, the World Health Organization, WHO, has said. At 32 million doses, Africa has received less than 1% of the 2.1 billion doses administered globally. Just 2% of the continent's nearly 1.3 billion people have received one dose, and only 9.4 million Africans are fully vaccinated, WHO said on Thursday. It's do or die on dose sharing for Africa, said Dr. Mashidisu Mweti, WHO Regional Director for Africa. The WHO's reminder that 225 million doses of vaccine are needed urgently on the continent comes as coronavirus infections there have increased for the third consecutive week. Africa's 54 countries have registered nearly 5 million COVID-19 infections to date and numbers increased by nearly 20% to more than 88,000 in the week ending 6th of June. Finally, a UN court on Tuesday upheld the life sentence imposed on former Bosnian Serb military chief Ratko Mladic for his role in the Balkans wars in the 1990s. The International Residual Mechanism for Criminal Tribunals rejected his appeal against a 2017 conviction for genocide, war crimes and crimes against humanity. Mr Mladic, 79, known as the Butcher of Bosnia, presided over some of the most horrific crimes to occur in Europe since the Second World War. He commanded violent ethnic cleansing campaigns across Bosnia and Herzegovina from 1992 to 95, including the massacre of thousands of Muslim men and boys in Srebrenica. UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has taken note of the court's decision and his thoughts are with the victims, survivors and their families, according to a statement issued by his spokesperson. 
The news there, and this is UN Catch Up Dateline Geneva with me, Daniel Johnson. Now to our interview, which focuses on a global photography contest to show how nature has fared over the COVID 19 crisis. Run by the UN Economic Commission for Europe, or UNECE, thousands of entries showed the beautiful natural world getting on just fine without interference from us. But at the same time, many images zoomed in on the damaging relationship that humans have with the great outdoors. To talk about this, I spoke to Paola Deda, Director of UNEC's Forests, Land and Housing Division, and after her, one of the winning photographers, Helen McLean. What is very interesting, I believe, is that this picture shows in particular three aspects of nature and our relationship with it during the time of the pandemic. The first one is as humans were not around, flora and fauna were taking over their spaces or at least areas they were normally occupied by human life, right? And this is shown, for instance, by Helen's picture that I know you're also interviewing, right? But also there were pictures that people took when they were locked at home and started appreciating nature much more and observing it, even in its smallest forms. And you will see that we had in the winning pictures a lot of close-ups. For instance, the butterfly of the lady in Croatia, the leopard in India, the snail in Lithuania. The snail is a super photograph. Let me just describe that to, to our listeners. There's a, there's a handrail if you like. And in very close-up focus, there's this tiny snail that's just inching its way across this rail. And there's a wonderful image of just time being frozen, if you like. Well, actually, Daniel, this was my favorite one. It's really my favorite picture. It's a a close-up. Really, it's showing the wonder of nature and also gives the sense of time that time stopped and really happened during lockdown that we had more time to look outside um, on our balcony gardens or just outside of the window and see this beauty and even time was felt different so I, I really love that picture I agree that this is amazing but there are also pictures actually that are depicting something else which is the unhealthy interaction of nature and humans and that also was kind of clear during the pandemic and there are two pictures but in particular the one of the macaque holding a face mask and also the wild boar skimming through the trash that really show that very often there is an unhealthy relationship between us and and biodiversity and flora and fauna and that can be dangerous and uh, we have experienced that of course also during the pandemic. Yes and sorry to interrupt there Paola but this coincides this competition with the UN's call for a decade of ecosystem restoration which called for the reinstating of at least 1 billion degraded hectares of land by 2030 that's an area the size of China and the same commitment should be made for oceans. And if I could just jump quickly across the Atlantic to Helen McLean, who's the photographer in Chicago who snapped two bison in Dakota. Well, I'd love to hear about how you came to take this very special snap, Helen. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah, first, I just would like to say that that snail picture is my favorite as well. It's more favorite than your own photo? (laughs) Yeah, I just loved it. (laughs) So anyway, so last summer, right after strict lockdown, we happened to be in the state of South Dakota. At that time, we didn't have a strict quarantine, but very few people travel, almost no people to travel. So we drive to Custer State Park in South Dakota, and this park is all about preservation of native animals, of bisons. 
but normally it's very hard to see. They're far away, they live in natural habitat, far away from people. So we drive and then we stop because the bison's on the left, bison's on the right, and bison's right in front of us. So I prepare my long lens so I can snap picture from far, but I have to change to my short lens because right, they're right by us. They're not worried and I'm like joking to my husband that they probably think people never will come back and they're very happy. So It's a super photo and if I might just quickly explain a bit more, something else that I really liked about it was the fact that you've got these wonderful creatures, a mother and, and maybe a calf, and they've just stopped, stock still in the centre of the road. So presumably, as you say, they were right in front of you. You couldn't go anywhere. But I like that idea that they've been there forever. The road hasn't. So they're sort of cutting between the two and there's that interaction between humans and the natural world, which is only going to get more and more closely linked, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And also, if you like, mothers normally very protective of their babies. So it's very hard to snap the picture that close. I was right by them. They were right in front of me. I got out of my car, just like watching them. It's very hard, but they were not worried. So that mother and the baby just crossing and I, I was clicking away I mean, watching them. Was it a rare opportunity, this? You're saying that the mother would be very protective of the baby. So this was a one-off? Yes, that's a very rare opportunity. I don't think they feel they need to be protected because they were not worried about us. So normally in this park, you probably will see car after car and after car. And if they see animals, they probably would stop and there would be like a traffic jam. But they normally I think it's lovely and I should say it's lovely for me uh, selfishly because the last time I talked to a photographer he was fresh back from Yemen and it was a totally different subject believe me and back to you Paula if I may maybe you could tell me about what the United Nations Economic Commission for Europe the UNECE uh, a specialized agency does to promote this kind of thing, this biodiversity regeneration in the world. You got it absolutely right, because also the competition, if on the one hand was exactly to remind us about the beauty of nature, its healing powers uh, during such difficult months, on the other hand, it was also to stress the need to protect it, respect it, set boundaries, and really to have nature, biodiversity, and ecosystem restoration up on our political agenda. We recently launched an interesting website that is called In Forests that collects all the data about forests in UNEC region. And I really invite our listeners now really to explore and, and Google it in forests and they can find all sorts of data. And if once you learn about forests and you leave forests as well, you will also be more inclined than to join all these campaigns to protect and also support the United Nations to do so. Paola Dede from the United Nations Economic Commission for Europe. Many thanks. If I could just go finally to you, Helen, for one last word. If you had one message to the United Nations as a sort of non-UN person, you know, a real person who we're talking to on the show, which I'm delighted about, what would it be? Just continue with those preservation efforts. Those are the best. Photographer Helen McLean there, and before her, Paula Deda from the UN Economic Commission for Europe, which is a bit of a misnomer as it covers Asia and North America too. Right, to wrap up the show, time to welcome regular guest Solange Bejartegui-Cortez from the Information Service at UN Geneva for her to develop on what we've just heard. Hi, Solange. Hola, Daniel. Guess which picture is my favourite? 
You're not going to say the snail one too, are you? <laughs> yes. Slimy, climy, crawly, clever. Hiding in my shell. Always very slow. That's what I do. I love my slime that I leave behind. It makes me feel like I leave the sadness behind. That was a short poem written by an eight years girl, Marta Eleni Pack. Do you know that most snails are hermaphrodites? No, I didn't, Solange. Trust in me. They have the reproductive organs of both males and females so they can produce eggs and spermatozoa, allowing them to self-fertilize without a sexual partner. I didn't think we were going in this direction, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, a snail is not only small, but slow, between 0.5 and 0.7 inches per second. He walks only forward and makes decisions by using only two types of neurons, one deciding whether the snail is hungry and the other deciding whether there is food nearby. We eat them. In French cuisine, escargot a la bourguignon is a recipe for snails with butter garlic and parsley. Some people keep snails as pets. The least we can say is that our relationship with the nature is complex. For me, the snail crossing a rail in the photo represents a boundary. On one side, nature. On the other side, civilization. The name of the photo contest, Human Locked Down, Nature Unlocked, reminds me of Rudyard Kipling's Jungle Book. These 13 pictures illustrate the freedom to move between different worlds, like when Mowgli moves between the jungle and the village. When I see the two bison photographed by Helen McLean crossing the road, I see the Beatles crossing Abbey Road. Abbey Road has never been the same since they walked there. Forests will never be the same after progress. This is the way I see the image, but every person has a way of seeing. We should remember that during the lockdown, not all humans were sitting on a balcony contemplating the beauty of the nature, hearing little birds. Many of them, too many, poor people in developing countries, women, children, immigrants, refugees, they had to leave their homes and face the virus, looking for food, trying to survive. They were, they are even more fragile than a snail crossing the rail. They can't hide in their shell because it is not allowed in our urban jungle. Thank you, Solange. Did you know that those French snails that you were referring to have been protected, at least in France, since 1979? It's true. I have a question as well. I wonder how those bison saw Helen as she was taking their picture. Humans have looked to the animal kingdom for inspiration, answers and order since the very earliest cave drawings, which were of animals, as the art critic John Berger writes in his excellent collection of essays about looking. I'm going to stop there, but not before I've thanked you, Solange, for your thoughts. You too, listeners, for your time. We really do appreciate you checking out what the UN's been up to this week. Remember, there are daily news bulletins, stories and features on unnews.org. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye for now. Bye, Daniel. Hasta pronto a todos y todas. Mm -hmm.